We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Cents. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book. Well, hi, everyone. It's Mark Stenson, and you've joined Unlocking Your World of Creativity, the podcast where we talk about your original thinking, get inspired from other experts' experiences, and most of all, making the connections to get your creative work out into the world. And I think that's what you're really going to enjoy about today's episode. And I'm talking with Mark Hartman, and he is the founder and CEO of of a company and an app called Alosha. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. I'm talking with Mark Hartman, the founder and CEO of Alosha. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. Can't wait to hear all about the app, what it does, how it works, but also how it you know helps artists. But why don't we just start with you, Mark? Uh, tell us a little about yourself and where you derive your own creative inspiration. Yes, sir. So I was born in Russia. Uh, I was adopted from from Russia, and I came to America. And of course, I had to deal with diversity and learning the language and and all of that. And I started at an early age of age of 17 or 16. I was working for a man for about 10 years. And I thought that I can't have that in my life. So I decided to, instead of going mad all the time and being upset, I decided to develop a little hobby. Like, for instance, I always had a passion for music. So I started, you know, making music, playing the piano, uh, learning how to play the guitar. And it was just a, just a little creative thing. But a hobby turned into biggest idea but the idea wasn't developed yet because I was still you know having a job and you know family and all this and that and uh, as soon as I moved out of my parents house at age of 22 I decided man um, if I'm paying all of all of this money I wonder if if there's anything because the system was created to take your money instead of giving the opportunity for the artist to present they are work and to be able to make money from the hard work that they do. So when nothing was out there like that, I, I developed the idea in my bedroom as I was sleeping. And then the next day I acted upon it. Well, that's terrific. So as we think about uh, the app, it's called Alosha mm-hmm. and it is designed for artists of all kinds. You told me that uh, photographers, painters, musicians, uh, yes, sir. all these kind of people can benefit from it to help market and gain exposure for their work. Tell us a little bit of how it works. So it works like this. When you log into the app, uh, we do not charge subscription fees. We don't, we don't charge for you to storage or to work at it because all the other platforms do. And we do not lose you money, for instance, because if you don't sell, they still charge you every week for a little crook and cranny and whatever it takes. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So what my passion was, I want to give artists the most out of their day and the most out of their money, uh, out of their talent, everything like that. Um, so when you upload the picture, picture, art, form, music, whatever, whatever that it is, you have the opportunity to make all that you can. And that's what I wanted to be the most. I wanted to be a give. I wanted to be able to give people, not to take from them. Mm-hmm. That's what my biggest passion was. 
at first I was selfish with it and I wanted to do it for myself, but then I realized I was more successful with the app when I started thinking about other people instead of myself. It's amazing how that usually works. The yes, more, sir. The more we give, the more we get back, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. That, that, was a, that was a hard lesson to learn for me. And when you were talking to artists, they were using these other platforms to promote and sell their work. What other kind of frustrations were they coming up with? Were there any other creative obstacles that they were running into? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, for instance, publishing their work. Facebook now today does it very well, but it's all on people to do it. So what we do is we publish the artist's work ourselves for free. We don't charge or anything like that. So that's another benefit for people to join our platform because we do it all on our dime. The, the biggest problem with publishing now these days with music and uh, our work is that people want even more money. It's more expensive to do that on all the other platforms if you really, really get into the logistics of it. Tell me because more I've, about that. Well, because I've been there. I've, I've uploaded music. I've, uh, I've put myself on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Pandora, all the other music platforms, but nothing was happening. Not, nothing at all. I, I, could, I could advertise all day, forever and ever, and nothing was going to happen. So the illusion that all these companies sell is that, oh, hey, well, yeah, we, you're going to get published, but you're not going to get anything in return. You're just going to continue to spend your money. And, you know, it's all on you from there on out. And I guess I always, and I, as a creative myself, but I've heard this uh, argument, well, I just want to get you some exposure. Yes. The money will come later. (laughs) Right. It's it's always later. (laughs) (laughs) It's always later, but later never comes. And that's. And so, Mark, you're you're talking with an audience of, you know, the listeners who are are catching you right now are saying, I've been there. I've Mm -hmm. posted my work. I've tried to get it out. What sort of receptivity are you getting about your app? I'm, I'm getting good receptivity, but people don't really know what we are here for. They, they don't really know much about it. The only thing they know is, and partially that's our fault because we used other people to write about our app, but we didn't explain it very well to what we do or what benefit we have. So other people, they don't really know what we are about. Um, so I can't really mm-hmm. give that answer to you. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully in this scenario that we are in here together, they'll be able to know a little bit more about what we do and what our passion and what our mission is. Yeah, it's sort of interesting, you know, in our conversation here, we've got two creative challenges built into one. You're you're addressing a creative challenge with your app, and that is how to get the work out and how to maybe profit a little bit more from it. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of our conversation is you have developed a creative product now that you need to promote, and that's this app. And I'm, I'm sure there's app developers that are listening as well saying, boy, I've run into the exact same thing. What sort of channels have you been using to promote and distribute and market the app in a unique way? Oh, everything I, everything I could possibly do. And we still have a lot of work to do. I used Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of, all of those social medias. And we need to be more progressive with those three. Snapchat really isn't there. And- I could use TikTok, but that's that's too much. But yeah, I used all those three. I I used blogs. I used Wikipedia. Everything I could, I do. Um, and and I, I can't do the same thing every day. I have to learn about something new continually to grow uh, and to progress into the future. Um, mm-hmm. Innovative thinking is the best thinking. Mm-hmm. 
So what sort of people are on the app right now posting their work? Right now, I, I did a little bit of research about my people who did a little bit more app. Uh, we have a YouTube vlogger who's on there, and she's great. Somebody bought a couple of her artworks, and uh, so that, that's that been a, a journey. Another one, they're just ordinary people, let's just say that, who are looking to turn the hobby into, into making a little bit of money. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, tell me a little bit more about your journey, Mark. I, I love your uh, personal story. How did you develop? You know, when you said you immigrated here from uh, Russia, you know, overcame a lot of challenges. Tell me a little bit more about your personal story. So I, I, was, I was born and raised in Russia in the orphanage. And they were looking for kids to take to America at some point when I was 10 years old. So I came over here for like a weekend with the host family. I, I stayed here. Then I went back for about three years or maybe two years. I got adopted again when I was 12 years old. And that was the most amazing feeling uh, I could ever possibly, you know, I'm so thankful for being in America. Couldn't imagine being anywhere else. And then, you know, I was going through school. I was working. I never really was the type of person to have friends or anything like that. I knew I was going to do something big. I wanted to leave something in this world behind. And so I was, as I was going through life, it slowly progressed into this idea. I was always looking, searching, uh, trying to find it. And, uh, you know, eventually my passion is music. My passion is art. And I found something that would give people the opportunity and I would leave a legacy behind of some sorts for my family, for my brother and sister to take over someday. You know, it's just an amazing thing because this is only the beginning of us to do something great. Just imagine 10 years down the road where we would be. Well, it's very inspiring. And I guess that's why I think about what about your you know, your childhood, your teenage years, as you grew into an adult, what, what about your experiences helped drive you into this entrepreneurial, this creative passion? Yes, sir. So I was really a lost, lost, lost teenager. I was, I was doing all kinds of bad stuff. Uh, in my 17, 18 years of old, I kind of went with the blinds on. Um, I didn't, know what the world was going to be like. All I did was just work. I, I didn't know anything about the future, nothing, until I got into my early 20s. And that's when I started to realize my boss was actually a great mentor to me. He said, nothing's going to happen if you don't want it. You either want it now or you're never going to want it later. For instance, like like a hard work progression, you know, building your character, things of that nature, because I was always screwing around. I, I never was consistent in anything that I did. I was always moving around. Um, failure here, failure there. You, you know, I've, I've been through it all. I've been called a, a dummy, you know what I mean? Until I got sick of it, until I realized that in my own mind, that when I want to do good work, good work shows. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I want something out of life, it, it happens. Not in a sense of being entitled or anything like that, but in the sense of get it, get it together. Yeah, and then get the payback. Get the payback, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then people will see that. But a lot of people, uh, Mark, wouldn't have responded that way. A lot of people feel beat down. You know, oh, you're, you're a dummy. You'll never amount to anything. You're a no good. But you took that as fuel rather than criticism or you sort right. of rose from it. I think that takes a different mental approach. I think it was all about fear in the beginning. I was scared until I stopped being scared, until I stopped fearing other people around me. 
until I started confidence. And that came from me moving out because I, I didn't want to go into the world. But as soon as I moved out of my parents' house when I was 22 years old, and I'm, by the way, I'm almost 30 years old now, that's when the fear went away. And that's when I started doing what I, whatever I needed to do, how I needed to do it. I was very motivated, very precise, and very vision-oriented person after that. Because I'm by myself. I have no one else. I have nobody helping me. And that really kicked me in the butt right then and yeah. there. I can see how that's the fork in the road time-wise. You know, I move out of my parents' house. But what's going on mentally, creatively, personally in that fork in the road? It can't just be the fact that you moved out. There, there's no. some sort of shift going on for you. And I'm curious what that was. The shift was I was finally sick of the ordinary life. Uh, I got sick tired of doing same thing over and over again not amounting to anything absolutely i was i was thinking about retirement like is this what i'm going to do for the rest of my life is this what it's going to be like you know i'm going to have kids i'm going to be married and then i'm going to come to work to job you know doing the same old routine and that's that what changed plus when i moved out of my parents house another thing happened is that all of a sudden i was looking for opportunities it, it, it kind of switched in my mind because everyone around me was thinking about buying a business. And then from that point on, I'm like, whoa, you buying a business? Like, yeah, dude, I'm buying a business. So I'm like, whoa, I got to get ahead of this. And so that's when I developed everything else. But the mental thing changed from being a hobby to doing whatever I needed to do to get exposure to like a business mindset. Like, how am I going to get there? How am I going to switch? You know, if he can do it, I can do it. If he can progress, I can do it too. And so <clears throat> that's the mental switch. You know what I mean? But you got to want it. You can't just sit around and not want it. Yes. And so here you are now. You didn't buy a business. You started a business. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally different. Yes, sir. Yeah. And how was that for you early on as you were creating the business model, getting the work together? The business model wasn't clear until we progress i mean we have faced so much turmoil uh through it all but we kept uh, we kept it together i had so much there was so much stress there were so many things that were going wrong but through time we developed a system where we we would meet every week and we would see the progress that we were making uh together and so we would hold each other accountable with me and my co-founder Tariq we have to hold ourselves accountable for the work that we do. And that was the biggest turning point of our business. And from that point on, we just started working, uh, making everything better. Now we are here finally. Uh, when we released the last update on, on the app, everything was working properly. And that took about a year to do. It's a good feeling, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. But, you know, you're talking about a combination of persistence and that accountability side. You know, having the roles defined, having the business uh, you know, models and, and metrics and measurements and deadlines, all of that does help overcome the initial hurdles and potholes, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It had to happen. He even said, my co-founder even said, hey, text me at least twice a day, maybe three times a day to see how I'm doing. Hold me accountable because I, I have to get this done. I'm like, you got it. Are you sure you want this? Because I'm relentless when I text. <laughs> I love it. I will, I will bug you until, until you get sick of me. He's like, yes, that's exactly what I want. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you got it. <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of people have this image of 
hey, I personally was a solo entrepreneur, a founder. You know, I did this all myself. You have absolutely experienced that nothing happens just by yourself, does it? Oh, oh no, 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 no! You can't. You have to. You have to develop relationships. You need that passion uh, for other people. You have to trust people because if you don't have trust, what do you have? But figuring out those roles and responsibilities, a lot of people don't start out anyway working well together with other people, and then they sort of settle into it. Did did you have some of that? I did. I did. I, it was at first. It was awkward, you know, a couple of times, and then we started talking more and more, and then we we developed a relationship. My role changed, and that's where the shift comes from. You are the boss. Like this is your baby. You know what I mean? It needs to rise. It needs to grow. Mm-hmm. So you kind of develop this mental attitude of not being a boss but being a leader. I'm like, hey, we got to get this done. We got to paid all this out. I sacrificed a lot of money. I sacrificed a lot of time to get this. Why? Why isn't it working? No, exactly. It's the trials and tribulations for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, a note to my listeners. I think you came here and you thought you were going to hear about an app. And uh, instead, we've heard a great story of a creative guy, a founder uh, of a company who's learned a lot about running a business. But it sounds like you've learned a lot about yourself as well. And I think that's pretty common among us creative people. And I really appreciate you sharing that personal story. If there was anything I would say from my own experience in working with a lot of companies and a lot of creative people, Mark, is that I would put this story on your website. You know how the websites always have an about us section. Oh, yeah. And and it's usually pretty boring. Three people in a basement. You know, we came up with this idea. We sold it for a billion dollars and now we're all happy on a beach somewhere. But your story is so inspirational about you know how you came here, how you developed your, this mindset, how it shifted for you, how you developed. I mean, I, I would just uh, take some time to tell that story because I think it's as good as the story of the app itself. You know, your personal story and the app story are pretty intertwined. That's how, that's how it became. Uh, I, I learned a lot through this. Uh, whatever a hump in the road, that I faced, I had to learn and I had to learn the best way I can. If you really, really want to do it, I suggest you get up and and start looking. Do it. Whatever that it is that you really passionate about, whatever that you want to do, go ahead and do it. This is a no better time than to do it right now, right here, this hour. Well, let's do it. Well, why don't we start with, Mark, how people can connect with you and connect with Alosha the app. You can connect with us via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My personal number is on Facebook, so don't be shy to give me a call. So what, what is your handle on Facebook and Instagram? Yes, sir. It's at Alosha app. Okay. Every, everything, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So at Alosha app. It's A-L-O-S-H-A app. I've really enjoyed talking with you, Mark. This has been just a pleasurable and informative, but also inspirational conversation. And I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and all the best with the app. Keep us posted on how it's going. Maybe we'll have a follow-up sometime. Definitely. Thank you. Well, this has been Mark Stenson. We've been unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Hartman. And he is the founder and CEO of a company called Alosha App. He is also a creative and a musician himself. So join us again next time where we'll tap into your most original creative thinking again. We'll get more inspiration from other experts and we'll get more specific tools and exercises and formulas to organize your ideas. And of course, 
will make connections to create opportunities to publish, post, record, display, sell, market, promote. How many more words can I use to get your work out into the world? Because that's the point. Everybody says they have a creative idea, but we want to see it out into the world. And we want to see people enjoying it and profiting from it where they can. So thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021.